So, hello and welcome to episode 16 of The Soutcast with myself, Glyn Price, and Ollie Warner. Hi, Glyn. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm alright, Ollie. So, we've got one more game to talk about since we were last with everybody. Um, obviously, the successful FA Cup first round victory against Barnet, which is, seems to have put everybody's uh, spirits up a bit higher and looking forward to the next round and everything. So, um, yeah, good to get a home win under the belts, Ollie. And I know you were there. I obviously uh, missed it as we talked about last week. And, and from our initial chats just before we recorded the podcast, you're pretty, pretty chuffed, aren't you? Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, it was really, um, yeah, really positive and um, a pleasant surprise. And um, I think, um, yeah, the, kind of the biggest takeaway for me was how the atmosphere was completely different. But um, yeah, we'll go into the details of the game. But um, no, it was really, it was really good, and I really, I really enjoyed the game. And yeah, came away with a bit of smile on my face. So yeah, haven't said that for a long time. No, we haven't. Ever been, don't think anyone's been saying that for a while. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll go straight into the game now, and uh, we'll we'll see how Shrewsbury's march forward to Wembley begun. There it's to Lawrence. He's been left for Bobby Grant onto his left foot, and he drives his second and doubles Shrewsbury's town lead. So Shrewsbury down three, Barnet nil. A successful uh, first foray into the FA Cup, I would believe. Um, and obviously, we're going to be looking forward to uh, the next round. But we're going to cover the game yesterday, aren't we, Ollie? Because uh, there's quite a lot to talk about in terms of Shrewsbury winning at home and and who scored and the sort of game we played. So I think it's um it's probably worth just running through the team to start off with. Obviously, Lutwilo in goal. Um, Grimmer came back in, didn't he? After being out for the last few games. Um, then we had Arabd, Sadler and Brown at the back as well. And then midfield, O'Brien, Dodds, Agogo, Deegan. And then up front, Smith and Tony. And we played a 4-4-2 diamond, didn't we, Ollie? So... That was yeah, something did, interesting yeah. to see as well. So I'm sure you're going to tell us all about that. Obviously, the goals, Sadler nipped one in 27 minutes and then pretty much game over after Leach Smith scored in the 32nd minute. And then Grimmer, obviously we're going to talk about his Thunderbolt near the end um, on 57 minutes. And the only other thing really about the game that we're probably worth mentioning that we should talk about as well, Ollie, is the attendance of 3,120, 131 from Barnet, which not a great attendance for the first round of the FA Cup, but understandable with our home form, I suppose. So... Yeah, Ollie, where do you where do you want to start on this one, really? Because on face of it, looking at all the the basics, it was a, a cracking result. But um, we want to dip into it a bit more now, I suppose, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think the first thing that kind of caught everyone's eye um, as they kind of came into the stadium is that um, obviously it's a bit of a um, an interesting topic with the fans is the pitch. Well, mm. you walk into the everyone walked into the into the stand, and I walk into the West Stand, and um, there was a huge gap between the um, the advertising boards and the pitch. <laughs> Right. Um, sorry, sorry, the gap had gone back. So this, for those who um, weren't at the game, I haven't seen anything. Basically, the scoreboards, as you know, are normally on the line with the path in front of the stand. Yeah, the, the, the advertising hoardings. Yeah, the advertising boards. So yeah, I said scoreboard, didn't I? Yeah, sorry. I was going to say. And the advertising them. boards um, were pushed right up to the, um, to the, really as close to the pitch as possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting actually. Someone on um, I saw someone who post a picture, and they saw um, the Barnet um, a Barnet official taking a photographs of the sit the pitch, how close it was, and then also apparently at half time the referee came out with or his assistant came out with a tape measure. Oh right, God. Um, but someone um, also posted online saying that um, you only, it only needs to be a metre from the white line. Um, and the reason they'd done this is obviously is they had a, a player who had a, a fantastic long throw. I think probably even better than Delap's very famous throw, who used to take obviously take throw-ins for Stoke. Yeah, he's the go-to guy for long throws, isn't he? Everyone mentions him. And I, I was yeah. listening to it on the radio and they were saying that they'd never seen anything like it and that it was longer than Delap's. So they were using the same uh, example as well. Yeah, it was really fast. Really fast, and um, yeah, it, it was a real threat. And he did it. He took all the throws. So he just came over. He's an attacking midfielder. And he just came over and took all the throws, even in defensive <laughs> positions. Because he, he must got be fit. <laughs> gets them out so far. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he's always running around a lot. So, so yeah. So that was interesting. But I guess 
um, before we kind of go into the into the the game, probably just worth maybe starting with a couple of um, stats, which is a bit inter- was quite interesting and different. So, um, so we had nearly sixty percent possession. So obviously that's quite different. Mm. Okay, we are playing against a, a mid-table um, um, League Two side, but still, yeah, that was good. And we had twelve shots, and eight of those twelve shots on target. So that was positive. Um, and it was a different day for us in terms of our disciplinary as well. So there were 17 fouls by Barnet against us, and only one yellow for Shrewsbury. So that was positive as well. That is positive. 17 fouls for Barnet doesn't surprise me, because Martin Allen's their manager, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah, is, yeah, exactly. He's a dirty bugger, and he's always he's always had dirty teams. So yeah, them them probably dominating the uh, disciplinary and fouls count probably didn't surprise me for that game. I suppose there's quite yeah. a few things that are interesting there for me. I say getting most of the balls interesting, but again, you say that's a League Two team. Go, going back to the advertising boards, and also I noticed that um, it's probably just w- worth talking about Paul Hurst because obviously you know you'd, you'd want to think that was his idea, wouldn't you, as the manager that he wanted to have the pitch to suit Shrewsbury Town best and negate that thought. So it's interesting that he's already having the sway to go and say, look, I want these things. This is this is what I need. He, he switched out, switched dugouts. Did you notice that, Ollie? So he was in yeah, the opposite dugout yeah, to Mellon. Yeah. Maybe that's a luck thing or he just prefers to be that side. But then um, he wasn't in it in the first half, was he? Because he likes to sit in the stands and watch the game from the stands in the first half. I don't know if you saw about that as well. So it's it's it, all those three things are interesting, aren't they? That he's already trying to implement some different measures and different approaches than what we've seen before. And you'd have to say on the first evidence of, of an FA Cup game against the League Two team, it worked a treat, really. Yeah, no, it did. I um, I th- first half you just assumed that I assumed that um, the person standing in the technical area was. Um, was the manager and then I thought oh he's like he shrunk at half time but um, no yeah he was his <laughs> assistant um, yeah and he was up in the stand which is um, an interesting obviously yeah it gives him a completely different perspective and you know I've I like sitting I like watching football if I had a choice I'd always kind of sit where I sit at Shrewsbury you know yeah. near the halfway line fairly high up yeah me too so you can see quite nicely what's going on and when you watch football at a lower level or if you're behind the goal I always struggle to kind of get the understand the flow of the game. So no, I I don't. But that's not a surprise. Well, it's not too much of a surprise. I'm surprised actually that more managers don't do it. I think yeah. um, it's an interesting angle. Yeah, not many managers do do it, and it's something he's again. You know, we didn't know everything about his time at Grimsby and other clubs, but it's something he's always done apparently, and he he says it works very well for him. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know why he changed dugouts. I guess that that's an interesting one, but um, maybe it's just a... yeah. Well, I've got a view on that. Maybe I think it's because. We always, every single super team has always tried to attack the south stand in the second half. And I think it then he's closer to the team. Mm, I don't know. Could be. It's my, yeah, my little it's theory. A, that's a good theory, Ollie. It's better than any theories I could come up with, <laughs> other than bad luck, because that was <laughs> Mellon. Mellon wasn't having a good time in the other dugout. But um, yeah, so, so that, I mean, just before we even get into the game, really, there was a lot to think about with Paul Hurst and, and what's going on. And as you say, actually having some shots on target and actually, you know, having a higher percentage of our total shots on target is something that maybe we're thinking about the shots that we take Ollie in terms of you know not snapping at shots and and obviously we don't get that much ball in league one at the moment and being dominated by teams but against Barnet it's nice to see that we can still apply the things that got us out of league two a couple of years ago and, and have been a prevalent in our better performances in league one which is you know an efficiency of shooting so I hope that continues we'll have to see what happens against Oxford obviously but yeah, there we go. So, so after you got in and noticed the advertising boardings and were pushed in. Oh, there was one other thing to say on that. Did you notice there's a someone was talking about there being a law that you have to be able to see the white lines of the pitch from the stand, and that a lot of people in the West End couldn't see the pitch because the boards were so yeah, far I in. Couldn't see the white line, yeah. <laughs> which is a little interesting. I wonder if Town get into trouble for that. I would doubt it to be honest with you, because no one would probably pick up on it. But yeah, I'd be I'd be a little bit miffed if I couldn't see the ball going in and out. I know it's a minor thing, but I don't know. What did you see from where you were? Yeah, I couldn't. See, you couldn't see the white line from um, where I sit. Um, yeah, I was, I was sitting um, row Q, and you can't, you couldn't see it at all. Wow, and you're quite far back, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you couldn't see the white line at all. You had to 
it did, when the we could see obviously when the ball went out of play and stuff, it was not far off. But you, but yeah, you mm. couldn't see it. I doubt it's going to be the last time we see that this season, is it, Ollie? With the the long throws that some teams have, I bet we'll see that again this season. So it'd be interesting for someone to check whether that is an FA regulation because it would be terrible to get fined for something like that, wouldn't it? But there we go. Fingers crossed, town know what they're doing. I'm sure they do. So they yeah, exactly, they, yeah. they get it right most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, kind of. Um, Going into the game, um, obviously, yeah, we set up in a different formation, which is always going to be interesting. Um, and yeah, kind of, it was interesting for me to see Dodds back in the team, and also Deegan's playing his kind of more natural position. So, mm. so that was quite encouraging. And the game started, and um, it was bloody hell. Hab, he was in a right battle. He must have woke up with a few bruises this Sunday morning um, because quite early on in the game, he had to go off and have a, um, a Terry Butcher esque headband put on. <laughs> Because um, he was bleeding, he had to take his, sh- he had to change his shirt, and he got during the course of the game, he got battered. Um, he seemed to be the one that was like loads of high boots early in the game, a couple from Akbro, and um, yeah, he he um, he had he had a few battles, and we actually went down to um, ten men for a while because he had to get himself sorted. Mm. Um, but yeah, we Shrewsbury kind of dominated the start of the game, um, and. And then we got to a position where um, we were running at them. So we started to start to get the ball and start to run at their defence. And that started to give us um, some fruit and, and kind of gave us some advantages. And we got a free kick. And I turned around to my, my brother and my girlfriend came to the game with me. And I turned around to them and I said, I reckon we're going to score here. And I, I meant from the direct free kick. Uh, but we hit the crossbar. Yeah. So O'Brien took the free kick. Keeper got a touch in it. Um, and then it came to Sadler, and Sadler just finished it left-footed into the back of the net. So that was a, a nice goal. And O'Brien was unlucky not to get a score from the free kick because it was a, a good effort. Yes. Um, actually, Shrewsbury were being a bit cheeky. Um, he tried to put the ball further back. Oh, right. <laughs> but um, their tiny little um, right-back, they had a big team, but their right-back was tiny. Um, he pointed out, and he, O'Brien had to go back a little bit. But um, but no, yeah, it was a good start to the game. And um, yeah, so um, after um, 27 minutes, um, we were 1-0 up. Yes, I, I saw the goals obviously on on the highlights, and I listened to the first half on the radio as I was travelling out to my weekend escape. But um, yeah, they were talking about the the, the height of the uh, the defender as you were saying. Then he, he seems like he was incredibly short, and he was actually they were saying that they that the radio was basically saying that because he was so short, his centre back was often coming across to cover him for the for the more physical yeah. and aerial stuff, and that was leaving massive gaps for town to exploit. Um, so that sounded like it was good. But the goal, I, I thought it was a good free kick. It's about time, to be honest with you, we had someone actually hit a good free kick, isn't it, Ollie? Because we obviously had tons of free kicks on the edge of the box, and normally Tony's smashing them over, or Ian Black's playing them backwards or hitting it into the wall. So I thought it was a nice strike from um, O'Brien, and it was I think it was nice for Sadler to be the one there, Johnny on the spot, to just pop it home, because obviously he's had a good performance last week, and, and he's starting to maybe come back to his form a little bit. And it sounds like he played well yesterday as well, Ollie. So, yeah, nice for Sadler, really, after some of the... The sort of poorer times he's had for him to have a little bit, a little bit of a bonus and get a goal. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it's um, where well, in terms of height, um, obviously having Sadler and El Hab at the back um, was um, potentially could have been quite a, a big disadvantage. But yeah, yeah, both of them did really well, um, and um, yeah, both of them had a really good game. And while they were bigger physically, they tried to dominate the game, and um, yeah, it got a bit scrappy um, with them putting some, yeah, as I said, fouls and stuff like that. And it was a few times where you think that well, wasn't that a free kick for a high um, foot and things like that. But um, but no, they, they 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 did a good job. Yeah, we were quite lucky, weren't we? Because their top goal scorer, um, I can't remember his name, is Akindi or something like that. That plays for Barnet. He was he didn't play, did he? He was he wasn't playing. So they yeah. only had Akprak up front and some other bloke. So we we maybe got a little bit lucky there because I think that guy that's the top goal scorer is a pretty quick pacey guy, which is maybe something that would have undone Sadler and um, and Elabd a little bit more than say John Louis more. What should we say? Physical 
approach, I suppose. He's not the most physical, but yeah, yeah. He's, he's a different type of player and something that I'd be more comfortable with our centre-backs um, being able to manage because I know a lot of town fans have got a lot of time for Akprakpo, but I never really rated him as a League One striker, so I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I would have hoped that he wasn't someone that was causing us undue worries. Yeah, I think. Well, he's a for me. He's, he typifies um, strikers in the Mickey Mellon era. Mm. Um, ran around a lot, but didn't really score any goals. No, <laughs> very true. Apart from Collins, obviously, because he couldn't really run around either. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So 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 after the goal, we kind of um, tried to get into the game. Um, the kind of the the. I really like the balance of midfield. It worked really well with Deegan sitting in his natural position and Dodds playing in his natural position and um, and Agogo Ogo and O'Brien, yeah, using their legs and getting around the pitch. But that then meant that there was opportunity for the full-backs to push on and, and a lot of our attacks in the first half were coming down the left mm. um, through Brown. So that was good. And yeah, so the second goal um, was, was a really nice finish and it's a kind of goal I haven't seen Shrewsbury score for a very long time. So um, Tony ends up with the ball on the left wing. He kind of Tuts it back onto his right, um, crosses the ball into the bat, into the net, into the net, into the box. Sorry, and um, Leach Smith comes flying in with a diving header and um, kind of dinks it into like across the goalkeeper yeah. and into the back of the net. And it was really nice to score a goal from open play. Yeah, and no, it, was it was a yeah good link up between Leach Smith and Tony. Yeah, it was a it was a, a proper striker's goal. That wasn't it. Someone you know balls to get a header on it and test the keeper sort of thing. I say, my mum and dad were at the game yesterday, and I've just been around their house letting off a metric ton of fireworks, which took me about an hour, Ollie, which is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I've been talking to them about the game, and they they think that was probably the best thing Tony did in the game. They thought it was reasonably good, but that little bit of skill to get the ball in and, and put it right there in that sort of nice slot for Letchmith to just get ahead of his striker and, and, and get ahead of the defender and pop it home. It was a, a really good bit of play and, and bit of class from Tony, really, and a, and a great finish from Leach Smith. So, yeah, I thought it was good. Nice goal from open play. And the other thing about the first two goals, obviously, was it was first time in ages in a home game that we've actually scored the first goal and not gone behind and then got another goal to sort of almost put the sort of tie almost beyond, you know, Barnet after 30-odd minutes. So that was an incredibly good start and especially getting the goals within five minutes of each other. That's the sort of thing that we need to see a bit more of, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was good. And um, yeah, after the first goal, the players seemed to grow in confidence, um, particularly um, Leach Smith. Mm. Um, he seemed relaxed. Um, and he, sorry, after his goal, sorry, he, he's, his performance improved dramatically. But the whole team kind of went up another gear. And yeah, it just felt like, it just felt... I kind of want to. I don't want to. Well, I was going to make this point at the end, but it's probably worth us making it now. It seemed like a completely different team, mm. like fundamentally same players, but it just felt. And everyone was because obviously a few weeks ago, obviously we were saying how angry the fans were, and obviously the the game before at home before Hurst was appointed, there was quite an, a very angry atmosphere. But um, but yeah, it was a completely different uh, performance Good. from the from the players, and it was starting to see some of the signs of. Um, Hurst work and I guess um, the the first goal was obviously um, from us running at them um, so trying to create some space and having some confidence and yeah it was nice to see Shrewsbury try and get the ball into the box um, from the wide position um, not really deep like we were often seeing under Mellon but mm. um, yeah in the right position so he was beyond the beyond the 18 yard line and crossed the ball in so no it was good to see yeah um, and then yeah the, the rest of the first half when we still had quite a few more chances and um, yeah we were unlucky um, not to score again didn't didn't uh, Agprakpo miss a reasonably good chance at one point as well? I, I heard. Yeah, yeah, a couple of times during the, in the course of the game, um, Barnet did have a few good chances. Yeah, um, particularly in the second half, the guy who's taking all the throw-ins, he had a um, a shot in oh, the yeah. six-yard line, and he just blasted over. That was the only thing on the highlights from them. But they yeah. did have a few chances. But we kind of rode our luck a little bit. But while they did have a few chances, you wouldn't say Lutfi had a very busy day. I mean, he was quite quiet, really. 
Good. Well, he's off to his international duty now, so it's a nice, a nice way for him to sign off with a clean sheet for the first time in ages yeah, as well. Exactly, and that's yeah. something the defence should be should be pretty chuffed with as well. Yeah, actually, it's an interesting point. Actually, I just thought then. I wonder if um, Lee, um, Luke Viler and um, I'm not sure if McGivern's been called up as well. But I wonder if that has an impact on the rules for the um, for the um, EF or the Checker Trade Trophy, whatever it's called. Because obviously you have to play so many players, don't you? Yeah. Does it so really it's matter? An interesting thought. I'm not sure. <laughs> Does it? Well, does it really, you have to play. We're already out. To, yeah, but you have to play so many players, don't you? You can't. Yeah, you, you can't just play play at a different eleven. Well, so I know. I know everybody's talking about this game, Ollie, but it, it's interesting because I listened to the post match interview um, by Mr. Hurst, and it, he got yeah. asked that question about the Checker Trade Trophy in Oxford, and obviously it's, it leaves him in a bit of a tricky situation because you've got your first win, three nil. Um, you know, everyone's confident. You, you'd ideally you wouldn't want to change a winning team, would you? You'd, you'd probably let Sadler no. play again. You'd, you'd leave it with you. But the way it's going to work is not only can we not do that. Well, we could. He could do that. He could play exactly the same team at Middlesbrough and just get them another game and get them confident together. Um, but that probably seems like a bit of a risk considering we've got a lot of more important games coming up. So you might not want to play Tony or Grimmer or some of the more important players. But then on the flip side, come Oxford, we can't play this team again because a few of them will be out on international duty. We're going to have to change the goalkeeper. You know, I've had players coming back that might force their way in. So it's it is going to be interesting to to see what he does with the teams. And one of the things he was very clean, uh, clearly expressing at the end of the interview was along the lines of the same thing we talked about last week about he knows he wants to see um, consistency of selection from the fans, but we're just going to have to bear with him. And he wants to see certain. He wants to play his own tactic, but at the moment because of the personnel he's got, we're just going to have to bear with him. So he he's not you know probably turning around and saying that's my team now. They want a game and I want to stick with them. So I get the feeling there's probably still going to be lots more change over the next few weeks and that'll obviously have an impact on the Checker Trade Trophy game and the Oxford game so I think it's just more of a bit of a movable feast and, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't play some of the fringe players just to at least get a look at them in a, in a proper game do you know what I mean? Yeah no definitely and also he'll want to um, give all the other players a chance as well because he's you know he, as you as he mentioned himself sometimes you see different performances in training um, than the games and mm. yeah he needs to give people a chance so like wonder whether um, E. Blanks Blake will get a chance at some point whether Warring will start the games um, yeah, yeah it would be interesting to see how he does who? and also with um, Warley coming back and Charlie as well so it was obviously yeah. offered him two wingers so who did he but um, on bring... your comment about the sorry I just want to make your comment on the formations <laughs> obviously someone's been telling him about the fans um, um, <laughs> yeah. of the last, um, last few months <laughs> that's very true yeah because he did mention it in a specific way it was almost like just bear with me guys yeah. I'll, I'll try and get you what you want but you know I've been left a couple of lemons by Mickey Mellon so I'm going to have to sort them out first yeah. but just just I was going to ask you really about um, uh, the, the crowd then so obviously we've only got to the second goal but you were sort of mentioning that it was a much more positive atmosphere to be in Ollie and, and was was that a reflection of the fact that it started off positive and people had seen the new broom was here and it was time to all move on or was it a reflection of the early goals and, and the type of play that they, they put in in the last first 20 minutes so what, what was it do you think it was everyone was just happy from the start yeah it was well it's, it's almost as if we prepared that question Glenn, because this was like the perfect time to ask that question so um after we were two nil up and we were going forward um still bombing forward um lots of good link-up play um players looking like they understood and knew who, who each other was and yeah where everyone was there's a lot of movement and people were keen to get on the ball mm. and there were several attacks and um, it started to grow. So after a couple of attacks, a couple of fans kind of stood up and were clapping. And then there was um, a couple of um, balls into the box and a couple of attacks. And I'm not joking. I'd say like 50% of fans in in, our, in block like 18, 19, 17, 16, where, we're, where we are, were all standing up clapping 
Great. the team because they were playing attacking football. It was everyone was happy, everyone was chuffed. It was yeah, there was a, there was a guy I'm not sure who he was. He was sitting a few rows in front of me, kind of near where you sit. Yeah, and um, I, I made a comment to my friend saying like, "Oh, you know, this is fantastic, seeing really good football." And he turned around and started chatting, and everyone was chatting after attacks and stuff, but in a really positive way. Good. And the atmosphere was like chalk and cheese from a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's that's great to hear, and that's what we wanted. We said in the podcast last week we wanted everyone to sort of get like that. And you know, it's not rocket science. Fans will react to good football, won't they? And, and entertaining football, yeah. and just effort and, and and quality of effort. Now, it's not to say that it's gonna we're not gonna we're gonna play like that all for the rest of the season, and it's all gonna be sweetness and light. I'm sure we will have bumps in the road, and potentially it could go wrong. Still, we we can't say that it wouldn't. But you know, that does show the football club that there's a there's a fan base here that are willing to get behind the new manager, willing to get behind these lads, um, despite what we've been going through. And 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 let's start from a fresh. Really, it's about keeping that momentum, isn't it, Ollie? It's about making sure the fans stick with them. And I suppose the only other thing to talk about that really is obviously the attendance, which I I you know I wasn't there, so who am I to say? And and it's an interesting one, Ollie, because we, we've talked about where we sit and stuff on this podcast, but there's four four of my three of my friends who sit by us in a row of four, and then two guys that sit in front of us who've, who've come up in the last few years. We got to know them, and none of them were at the game. They, they all found better things to do than pay extra money to go to the FA Cup, which is a real shame because you know to me the FA Cup's massive. I was absolutely gutted to be missing the game. I, I had a good weekend away with my wife. I can't say that I didn't. It's been something that was planned for a while, so it, it's just one of those things. But it is a shame to only got three thousand one hundred and twenty for a big FA Cup game. And do you, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a reflection of what's gone on this season at home games and the fact that there's a lot of Shrewsbury Town fans who just weren't ready to fork out more money considering what they've already watched this season? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's a money thing. I'm not, it's not for me to so talk about other people's position yeah, money, but yeah. I brought my ticket in advance and it was only £12. So oh, it was good. It's not bad. I, yeah, I'd say it was good, good offer, but still, it was £12 and still there was only 3120 Yeah. It, well, you think you could probably, if you know, most league games would probably get 300, 400, 500 away fans. So obviously there wasn't help that obviously Barnet are a small club and it's quite far from London and probably mm. the weather was really cold so that puts a few people off I think maybe the weather maybe was really cold puts a few people off but yeah. um, I think I think it's just the home form and people yeah, are expecting but then at the same time you think we've got a new manager so you think people would have gone but yeah the number did surprise me I thought maybe around 4,000 was what I expected a bit of a yeah. drop not all the season tickets going, but then a few people turning up for the, the the lower price. But yeah, I guess it just shows you, doesn't it? If we didn't have season ticket holders, what would the real attendance be? Mm. I, I agree. Know, not, I, not, it doesn't really make sense, does it, to say real attendance? But you know, if everyone had to pay on the gate, what the attendance would be? Yeah, I think it was a bit of a it's a bit of a concern, isn't it, going forward? And, and hopefully, form picks up at home and we gain a few fans back. But you you always worry that the fans that don't come to these things you've you've lost forever in some respects. But yeah, it was about a thousand thousand down on what I thought it would have been because I normally think the FA Cup brings out a few more floating fans and you know there's the big FA Cup build up on the BBC and it just encourages a few people who've not been for a while to come. So I, I, I you know we've just had a year and a half of absolutely terrible form and I just think that. There are some scars with fans there that you know are going to take a while to heal, and the best way to heal them is three nil home wins, two nil home wins, you know, nice wins in the league. So it just gives me another little little worry at the back of my mind that Paul Hurst's got a lot more work to do at home to to, to win back these fans and keep them on side. But from what you said about the positivity and how fans were, the ones that were there, then it does also prove to him that the, the fan base is there and they want to go with him. So it's it's fifty fifty, isn't it? It's 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 really good that yeah. that's the way it was, but it, it also a bit concerning that there wasn't quite as much of many of us there as there was, you know, in previous epic cup games and, and league games so I think I think we'll just leave that there I think it's just worth keeping an eye on yeah. isn't it, Ollie, to see how the attendances go yeah the new manager. see how the attendances go 
yeah, I'd be interested to see the tensions go and also the away fans and numbers, how they go over the next few weeks. But yeah, so um, we came out second half. Obviously, as you said, Hurst was in the dugout at this time. Yep. Um, not the, you saw Mark Elliott did a tweet and he was talking about um, what colour trainers the manager will have to wear to match with his amber. And it looked like <laughs> both managers were wearing like teal and pink trainers. So not I'm not really. sure quite that goes with amber. Yeah. No, not really. Um, <laughs> no. So second half, um, I'll just kind of talk about the goal. Really, we had several chances. They had a few chances. Uh, more is more attacking football again. And um, the goal, um, the third goal, was a, was a great goal. And I don't understand how it didn't get onto the BBC's um, best goals of the day in the FA Cup, um, which is, I think maybe just a bit of lazy journalism from their side. So um, Shrewsbury have an attack, a bit of build up again, and again, like um, a lot of the attacks, a lot more men forward. So Leach Smith flicks it over to Grimmer, and Grimmer takes one foot, kind of one um, touch, knocks it forward. Um, so the ball's a couple of inches off the ground, and he absolutely rifles it straight into the, into the <laughs> top um, right-hand corner. And it was an absolutely brilliant goal, and it, his his reaction was fantastic. So he was just kind of laughing, going like, "Yeah, what have I done?" And and obviously <laughs> um, we're winning three 0 now. So the players were relaxed and happy, and almost a little bit of chuckling as well, obviously because El Hab scored a screamer. Um, yeah, um, obviously at South End. What do you think was the better goal, Ollie? Having looked at them both, on, on sort of one on the highlights and one in real life, what do you um, think was the better finish? I think the the best finish. Oh, out of Al Hab and Leach uh, and yeah. Grimmer. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd have to go for El Habs. Yeah, El Habs I think it's just a bit further out and it's a bit harder as well. It's a more a technical skill on the volley, isn't it? But I also do like a nice yeah. rocket from the ground up and into the top of the net, you know. And the the highlights on the BBC are great. If anyone hasn't watched them, go and watch the goal. But also the noise the crowd make when it hits the back of the net on the highlights yeah. is great. It's like a, oh, sort of, oh my God, I can't believe he's just done that sort of thing. Not just a normal cheer. It's like a sort of sharp intake of breath and then a massive, yes, get in sort of thing. So... I thought that was cracking, really, in terms of uh, the, the finish. And I think it's again like Sadler. It's nice for Grimmer to get one as well because he's obviously put a lot of hard work in and hasn't doesn't score too many. And to score one like that is an absolute um, is an absolute dream for a sort of defender, isn't it? You know, it doesn't doesn't happen often. And it's like buses; it don't happen very often to our defenders. And then two two come along at once for Al Abdon Grimmer. So that was uh, that yeah, was good to see. And good. everyone everyone likes Grimmer, so you can't really begrudge him that that nice moment. No, he's got a good record isn't he, in the FA Cup. Scores a couple of goals. He's obviously scored that one against Sheffield Wednesday as well, didn't he? Yeah, he likes the FA Cup, obviously, doesn't he? You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's his little competition. So hopefully that hopefully that keeps up. So yeah, we obviously saw the game out to the end, Ollie. No real major worries about them scoring. I know they had a couple of chances, but I don't think anyone was too worried, were they? But yeah, yeah, it was good. So I'll, I'll summarise the, the top three, and then I kind of made a couple of notes in terms of like the summary of the game, um, so like a bit of comments on the tactics as well. So top three, a new man in there in the top three this week was Leach Smith. Oh, um, I've put him in there for his goal. Um, obviously his assist um, and also his good runs as well but I'll come on to that a little bit later um, secondly I've gone for Sadler I thought he had a fantastic um, performance defensively um, didn't make any mistakes yeah. and obviously was on hand to, to get the goal as well um, and Dodds I've put as third because I thought he played really well I thought he worked really hard and um, linked up play and I've also put notable um, comments for Deegan, Elhab and O'Brien um, in recent weeks we've really struggled haven't we to, to name a top three you were preparing for the pod and just like I'll put a go-go in there because you're not sure who else to put in but um, <laughs> yeah the team played really well like you can't say anyone had a bad game anyone really made any mistakes um, it was a really really positive performance and the players um, played really well and for me it was almost um, Mickey, uh, Mickey Mellon obviously changed his tactics and played different formation but this this team for me and this formation and obviously people talk about formations a lot Obviously, formations just get players in the right place um, and try and obviously get the players yep. in the right position and also try and utilise the size of the pitch, but also defensively as well. And I thought this um, 
this and four at the back, the diamond midfield worked really well because you had Deegan in his natural position, kind of sitting back, and he likes to get the ball and makes those interceptions. Um, Ogogo loves running around, and obviously O'Brien um, gets that chance to kind of play a bit higher up. And, but his link-up play with Leach Smith was really good, and it, they seem to have a yeah. bit of a, a natural um, link there. They they link up well, and both of them make really good runs. And after um, Leach Smith got his goal um, his runs and stuff were fantastic he was really making a lot of um, good runs and stretching the opposition um, and yeah the balance of play just seemed it just seemed to to, just to work and it's almost like the players were not the same players it, it sounds a bit of a silly thing to say but it, mm. you wouldn't have known you wouldn't have known watching that game that we were a team um, bottom of the league generally you wouldn't the, everyone seemed to, everyone seems to have up, up their game and the players looked better players now, I know this might sound Good. like a bit of an overreaction um, from Hurst, obviously, and he had a couple of weeks, but the players do look better and they look more confident, um, they look more organised, um, and it looks like they've actually been on the training ground. No, they haven't just turned up and like, like a Sunday um, team, a pub team, just play football on the Sunday. They <laughs> actually look like they're organised. So, yeah, that was a... That's not... You can't... Obviously, they're obviously kind of pulling that back a little bit let's not get too excited but yeah it was a, it was a big big difference and a, a massive uh, massive change um, in terms of their performance yeah it's all great to hear isn't it Ollie to be fair you know everything you said there is just absolutely positive I, I, one of the things I did pick up on was you um, mentioned Dodds and, and Lech Smith and, and how they played together in their link-up play that the start of the season in the podcast me and you talked about it didn't we about how they'd brought, been brought in to sort of work with each other and it was one of the things that Hurst picked up in his post-match interview that he brought Dodds back in because he was aware of their you know previous record of playing with each other and, and how they linked up and he wanted to see that and he actually specifically mentioned how pleased he was to see that their link-up play was going so well and that wanted to see them build on it and, and look to the future so you know there's another there's another thing that he's obviously on board with Dodds and, and Let Smith and, and maybe this is the performance and the goal and the, the you know the reason that that, you know, Lech Smith might get over his injuries that he's had and actually, you know, start playing in the first team from now on, really. Yeah, no, it was it was a good performance. And I think also that was, was pleasing for me is that there was a lot of times where O'Brien was getting hacked um, and the players um, main, complained their, uh, maintained their composure. Um, but it was a real team effort. Um, and it, Hurst himself said as well, um, which is interesting, he, he said when we went 2-0 um, up, he thought he saw a different set of players. Um, well, he said, well, some of them. <laughs> he's quite. He's always very specific, isn't he? When exactly, he says exactly what he meant, <laughs> means to say, and we looked a threat. Um, but yeah, no, it was really good. And kind of just to summarise, so every time, especially in the second half when Grimman was coming over to take throw-ins, um, he was getting nothing but applause and all the players were getting applause. Um, and my girlfriend came to the game and I was just preparing for the pod and I just thought, you know, just let's say, put a few words down in terms of uh, what, you, what she thought of the game. And her words were entertaining, attacking football, positive, enjoyable. When was the last time you could say that about Shrewsbury game? Um, <laughs> she doesn't come very often, does she? <laughs> no, but she has been to quite a fair few games. She's through the season. She goes to I don't know a game a month. So she's um, has my, uh, my girlfriend Becky has seen um, a fair few um, a fair few games. So she's got a favour, and almost she actually got put off by coming because the atmosphere was so bad. Um, but yeah, do, you, do you, does she consider herself to be a Shrewsbury fan? Yeah, well, she, or she got some no, other no, leanings. No, well, she does have another allegiance, um, but that's kind of gone away now. But yeah, I'd say she's. Um, I think at school now there's a lot of Baggies. <laughs> she's great. she works in high school um, in the Black Country, so there's a lot of uh, Baggies fans and Wolves fans and stuff. But yeah, she'd say she was a Shrewsbury fan. I think if everyone asked her. Good girl. Yeah, you done all yeah. right there, Ronnie. Well done. <laughs> so, <laughs> and kind of at the end of the game, all the play, all the fans were on their feet, um, and people still kind of left to get the tube, um, but. 
yeah, um, everyone got up and there was a really positive atmosphere. Um, interestingly, Hurst came out um, onto the pitch after he shook all the players' hands and clapped the fans, and and all the players came quite close to the um, closer than they have been in recent weeks to the stands. And yeah, everyone yeah. Kind of left on a high, yeah. and everyone left in good spirits. And yeah, while it's only one game, and let's not get too carried away, but let's 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 be nope. pleased and let's enjoy a win. Um, and as Hurst himself said, Hurst himself said, "Let's, um, we're not getting carried away, but let's enjoy today, and hopefully we'll have more of those um, feelings as we move forward." So, no, fair play to him. Yeah, he's a different style of um, manager in terms of the post-match interviews. Yeah. It was, it's very different from the sort of the, the, particularly the end of Melon Rain when he was just sort of had enough of it all and and was taking a pop at the press, let alone answering their questions. So he's obviously, good, you know. We've said this before, but the, the fresh broom with the press, and he seemed engaged in the interview questions and and wanted to give fans an answer. You know, specifically talked about what fans wanted to see, which was which was good to hear. So, yeah, hopefully that sort of thing keeps on. Obviously, we we talked about him having a, a sort of degree in journalism, yeah. didn't we? And um, it was interesting to see the way he talks to the press because he was very measured, very precise, um, very considered. Um, so I thought it was, I thought he was good post match interview. He's got he's got an accent I'd never noticed before. Slight accent. Yeah, from he's the, got a Yorkshire he's obviously accent. Yeah. The, over the East Coast sort of thing. Yeah, is it Yorkshire? Is it? I couldn't quite place it. It's sort of Yorkshire, but with a mix of Grimsby. <laughs> Maybe he was there for a bit longer than he thought, and it's got slightly east, east, eastern, eastercised. Is that a word? No, no it's not. There we go. <laughs> I'll just make words up when I can't think of the right word. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so it, I, I did like listening to him. To be fair, and um, I, I always think as well for the first game for him to win, it was always nice for him to get one over on Martin Allen because he's one of the sort of least favoured Shrewsbury Town manage, uh, opposition managers, isn't he? Because of his previous affiliations with teams that we didn't get on with. So, yeah, it was good to, good to send Martin Allen packing as well. Yeah, no, it was. And, um, yeah, no, on um, Hurst's uh, post-match and pre-match interviews, um, I, for the pod, we always try to listen to most things that come out from the club and what they what they share um, in terms of like preparation. Yeah. Um, but I have really enjoyed listening to Paul Hurst. Um, he, he, talks, he talks to the fans. He gives you a bit of an insight. Um, he doesn't tell you everything. Um, he's quite measured. Um and yeah, he obviously knows the players will listen to what he says as well. And um, no, he seems he comes across as very intelligent. And um, yeah, no, I'm pleased with it. It's been a it's been a good start. Obviously, it's only a one draw, a draw um, in the league and a win in the cup, but um, that's a good start. Mm. And um, yeah, hopefully, we can take this form and this confidence into the league. Yeah, it was not. It's an ideal start, isn't it? it? Couldn't have gone much better. And in terms of the way he's come across, it's not you know the guys in the press that you know have been putting things on Twitter about the first time they met him and, and the guys that were for the Shop Star and BBC Radio have, have had lots of positive things to say about him I know they would because you wouldn't want to ruin your working relationship yeah. straight away but I, I get the vibe that that's quite heart, heartfelt in some respects and that he's starting to win people over and I also talked to a couple of people who work at the football club today and they were saying about how Paul Hurst has been going around and, and speaking to all the existing members of staff and, and getting to know them and hoping they'll you know stay with the club and particularly some of the coaching staff that he's kept on Danny Coyne for example he, want, he wants to keep people at the club so I think there's a, a I'm starting to feel a bit of a vibe that he's actually starting to get welcomed by people at the club and it's because he's been putting the work in and, and talking to people in the right departments and, and just getting to know people really in a, in a sort of sort of thing that a nice bloke does really and that's what we want as well. We do want a good manager, we want someone that's a, a nice bloke that fans can get yeah. on with as well. So we'll, we'll see, we might meet him one day, Ollie, who knows, and we'll, we'll make our own judgment then, but it's all positive so far. Yeah, no, yeah, it was definitely positive. And, um, and uh, if, on a kind of on a lighter note, just kind of ending the game, did you see that video that the BBC um, shared of uh, Martin Allen? <laughs> I, I did actually it was a little kid that had sort of wandered into the technical area was that during the I game? Think he, I think it was before the game started I think oh, I think okay. just I think so I'm not 100% sure but yeah um, yeah <laughs> so there's a little kid walks in front of um, 
the dugout and just stares at Martin Allen. <laughs> and then Martin Allen just tells him to jog on um, and their, um, their dugout kind of laughs. But um, yeah, obviously uh, oh, this kid, yeah, this kid obviously um, has got no fear and was just staring out um, the manager who's famously called Mad Dog. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't want to mess with old Mad Dog, would yeah. you, as a kid? And then he sort of just like tells him to sling his hook, doesn't he? He sort of like point, yeah. he sort of gets his thumb out and sort of thumbs, thumbs him away, and then he walks over to his mum, and his mum takes him away. Yeah. Funny, funnily talking about kids, Ollie, as you know, I've got some, <laughs> and um, and my kids, as I've briefly mentioned, I've sort of given. I like to, we like to give feedback of things off the pitch, don't we? I've talked about the junior blues and yeah. and what we did down at the community hub that one day, and I've talked about a few other things that the kids get involved in, just to give people a, an idea of what sort of things you know go on at the football club for kids. And it was a shame we missed Saturday because they did like a little Halloween party. Um, and such so Halloween slash fireworks party, I think it was at the club, which sounded really good. So um, that was in the community, um, the community area before the game, which sounded great. But the best thing that happened this week in terms of uh, my kids and something that will be good for the podcast and for me to be able to feedback on was that my daughter Elsa um, won the draw that the Junior Blues do to be a mascot. So normally you have to pay like three or four hundred quid, I think, to be a mascot. It's okay. not cheap, is it? No. And so she's won a draw, and so she's going to be a mascot at the Port Vale game in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's so exciting. it'll be good for us to sort of ex- experience that and meet some of the players and managers and uh, and yeah and see see what goes on really in terms of terms of that i think i'll probably enjoy it more than she does <laughs> yeah you will i think you'll be just like seeing what's going on and um yeah that'll be interesting yeah it'll be good to see um, yeah and just talking we'll be good. yeah talk, just talking about um, other funny things as well is um um i don't know if you follow jack grimmer on twitter but um he posted a silly picture of himself with um that one of those narrow lanes <laughs> grope lane in shrewsbury and then um, yeah, did, a yeah. Shrewsbury fan called Chris Evans um, cut his picture because he's got a bit of a cheeky grim and he's put, did someone say 25-yard screamer with Jack Grimmer doing like a really <laughs> cheeky look? And then Jack Grimmer um, I responded think to him. So that was really funny. Am I down with the kids? I think that's called a meme. I think that's a meme. I don't want to get too technical on these things, Ollie. But, but isn't that, a meme I, when I don't you have really words understand on it? how they all work. I thought memes when you had words on it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is. I, we're, not, we're not young anymore, no, Ollie. Not, no. I'm sure one of, some of our younger listeners can inform us of, of what that is. But yeah, I mean, one of the other things just to talk about, Ollie, is of, did you do? Your, I think we did your three-word match reports as well just to sum the final game up, didn't we? So have you got them to hand or are we going to have to dip into Twitter and come back? Yeah, well, I was just going to retweet Jack. I was just retweeted Jack Grimmer's um, picture so people can um, go online and have a look at our Twitter account oh, nice but one. yeah I was going to um, I was going to find the three word um, reports and yeah obviously as you would expect um, a very different um, set of um, of words than, than we had in um, in previous weeks <laughs> much less by the way of swear words Ollie I reckon yes yeah it was exactly yeah so um, so a few other words so um, so if Trev was great grimmer goal um, someone's and Sam said um, feels much better um, Jeffrey was Salap on the up uh, Nick was a pleasant change um, um, Daniel Doverson was we actually scored, which is um, obviously a, an important, um, important point. And Jim made a, a really <laughs> good point as well. Um, clean, um, clean sheet win. And someone said, yes. someone's not sure what's going on. Jonathan put drug, drugs test required. <laughs> well, I suppose that it's been a long time, hasn't it? So maybe some people need to te- check what's going on. I think the most important thing is. Um, yeah, it should be something along like a uh, round two awaits because that's the most important thing, isn't it? And and I don't know what kind of what kind of draw do you want in round two, Ollie? What what you sort of want in another home draw against a smaller team? Or well, by my I know dream, we're, we're not going to go in bigger teams. My dream was I, I'm pretty sure Starbridge. I can't remember if Starbridge drew or won, um, but I'd love to get Starbridge away in the um, in the league in the in the FA Cup. Yeah. 
That would be my dream. You missed your chance to go to Starbridge. Yeah, they did. You missed the preseason game only. Yeah, I did. I'm just trying to figure out what how, how they got on. Not very good preparation from me, but um, yeah, they played against Whitehall. D- oh, they drew one all, so they're in the in the tie. So yeah. hopefully they can win at home, and then hopefully they get a game at home because then I could walk to that ground. So that would be perfect. So that's my that's my dream ticket. Yeah, if we get them in the draw, though, where the hell's Whitehawk? Well, yeah, I don't know. Where <laughs> Whitehawk do win. We might end up somewhere like Dover or something. I don't know. So it'd be interesting. I quite like us to play some sort of non-league team we've never played before, and preferably at home just to get us into the third round so um that would be my ideal dream but I, there was quite a few interesting games today where when big league bigger league clubs were on the verge of going out and i think it was Notts county and rochdale had like late goals to thank for not getting knocked out to sort of some of the non-league team so there was a couple of shocks wasn't there but luckily we went one of them so um hopefully we'll get through to, to round two now and get a favorable draw and, and then be looking to do a bit of giant killing ourselves like the last few years yeah it is and um yeah, um, it's um, be interesting to see what um, what game we get, and there's still quite a few non-league teams in there as well. So yeah, there's an opportunity to yeah. get an interesting yeah. tie. Good stuff. Cool. Well, there we go. Nice and positive, Ollie. Happy days. Yeah. We won a home game. Yeah, I think we'll round that off there, and we'll, we'll go into the salop news, and, and I think we're going to talk about your all-time eleven as well, aren't yeah, we, Ollie? Yeah. After after mine last week, so we'll move on to that now. Anyway, now and it comes down to Bates who puts it in. So yeah, so Glenn, um, Salop News. So there's only really one thing to kind of mention, and it was the end of um, Hearst's interview with Shropshire Radio. Um, and he said, um, and they asked him about Ethan Jones coming back, and obviously Andy Mangan leaving. So and he said uh, what you'd expect most managers to so say Andy Mangan. He's a nice guy, and um, he's a good character. Yeah. But um, obviously Tranmere offered him a decent deal, and yeah, he kind of, in terms of the interest of the player, um, he gave he let him go. So that was, that's, I think that's fair. But then, but then he also yeah he, he said he said that he couldn't guarantee Andy Mangan first team yeah. football and and if he wanted to stay he'd have to play it by ear so obviously if I was Andy Mangan I'd have done the same thing I'd have gone and got myself a good deal elsewhere and and said thanks but no thanks and he goes with we you know we should always sort of I mean it's sometimes it's always worth sort of thinking about the players that leave and thinking about their best moments before they go Ollie because it's you know obviously with with Mangan's gone yeah. now but he leaves us with some great memories doesn't he with the, the obviously the the you know all the goals and the cups really isn't it the Chelsea goal yeah. stands out as the first one but obviously Leicester and Cardiff where he, we bagged absolutely vital winners in, in big cup shocks as well so yeah those are the three standout moments for me in, in terms of Andy Mangan and, and his on-pitch stuff and then his off-field stuff he, he's always been talked of as being absolutely brilliant in the community team and, and a real asset so I don't think anyone's going to be, be thinking that he leaves under any kind of cloud he goes with the best wishes of the football club doesn't he and the fans yeah my, my favourite Andy Mangan moment um, was actually in uh, away at Dagenham Redbridge um, where um, Bobby Grant puts a nice oh, yes. ball over the top and yes. he blasts into the back of the net so he came back from 10 with only 10 men um, to win Granderson got sent off yeah yes. next to time yeah Granderson got sent off um, Lawrence scored a penalty and um Bobby Grant put a, a Bobby Dazzler's ball through and Andy Mangan just came flying in and, and scoring the back of the net. And I guess if he'd been able to do that consistently, um, you know, mm. be on the last man and use his pace and finish, then, yeah, we, we I think it's just a bit of a typical, isn't it, of a lower league player. You know, they're all good footballers. It's just about consistency. And he didn't have that consistency. Yeah, that's a good memory, that, Ali. It's a really good memory, Andy Mangan. I say he does leave us with lots of those memories. Actually, that's the only time I ever met Andy Mangan because at the start of the game, he kicked the ball into the crowd and it hit my son. And oh, I think I've said this on the podcast before. But I know, yeah, so that was where he... Um, yeah, because he hit someone the other week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Awesome. That, but um, 
Yeah, he uh, didn't it. He sort of took a deflection off the seats and bounced back and bumped him in the head. And and to be fair to him, like everyone says, nice guy. But he came over to my son. He put his arm around him. He made sure he was okay. And he had a photo taken. And they're the sort of things that mean a massive amount to football fans. And you know, all the fans that were there that day would have seen him do that. And that's the sort of thing that you want players to do. Um, so yeah, that's it's funny you just mentioned that game because that's that's the game he did it at. So yeah, yeah, it's, no. it's funny to think back. <laughs> Yeah, and loads of, and it's funny, and um, there's loads of selfies um, with Mangley Mangan came up um, on the Shrewsbury Facebook group. So, yeah, it's more than probably any player uh, I've seen in the past or probably any player mm. for a while. And, yeah, there's a big connection with yeah, him. So, yeah, good luck, Tony Mangan. And, um, yeah, um, I'm sure he'll be a standout player in the National League. I think he scored. I think he scored already for them. Has like he? in their first game back. Oh, yeah, I think he already right. did. Yeah, someone told me today. So, he's obviously doing the business already. But, obviously, him going then opened up a, a striking berth back at the football club. And we, we all thought Ethan Jones was coming back because... I believe I read it in the Shropshire Star that he was he was coming back but as we found out recently not everything in the Shropshire Star is true because we got told this week I think it was in the Shropshire Star last week that the keepers of one of the keepers had pledged his allegiance to Wales and that might not necessarily be true so I think sometimes we might have to take a few things with a pinch of salt but I mean I think we read it in the paper or it was, or it was quoted somewhere that um, Ethan Jones was coming back and then obviously we, we had Paul Hurst's post-match interview where he intimated that that might not possibly be happening well, which yeah, is a bit strange the wasn't club, it the club itself said it the club itself said oh did it he was coming oh well, there you yeah. go then and then, and then her said, yeah, I read that too. <laughs> As if, like, I'm not sure whether... Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know whether it's a... Maybe it's a sort of fine print that maybe he isn't actually back yet or he's going to be on his way oh, back. Oh, I see. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure we'll, well, yeah, well maybe, find out. Maybe it was part of the deal for Mangan to go there is they said, well, you know, we'll we'll do this deal, we'll take Mangan off your hands, but you've got to take Ethan Jones back and maybe he wasn't quite aware of it. But um, yeah, it was strange nonetheless because I, I was taken aback by that when I heard it in the press match. But if Ethan Jones is coming back, let's assume it, it's, it's going to be good to have him back along with Smith now and have, I think that, it sounds to me like that for the moment up until Christmas that you know Jones and Smith will probably be involved in the first team squad in terms of training, obviously, and then they're going to maybe be getting on the bench and, and we're going to have them young lads just hanging around, getting the experience of first you know League One games and stuff. So it can only be a positive for their careers and, and maybe potentially for us making a bit of money out of them down the line. So I don't think it's a bad thing, really. No, it's not. And also, just while we're talking about loan players as well, Anderson scored again on loan um, at um, oh, Hell's Own. He's a beast. He scored a penalty. He scored a penalty this time. Yeah. So that's obviously encouraging. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be dead interesting when he comes back and see what happens. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if these used players can, um, yeah, get how many appearances they'll get um, by the end of the season. So, yeah, that's encouraging. Mm. So, cool. moving on to my best 11. And being a bit competitive, I've kind of taken my best 11 with a view of a. I want my best eleven to beat your best eleven, Glenn. I'm glad to... Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'll go through mine, and then maybe you can um, share yours, and then maybe get some um, thoughts from different fans on who you think would win this game. So, um, yeah, go on then. I've set them up in a traditional four-four-two. So I've gone for um, Joe Hart in goal. Uh, I've gone for uh, Moss at right back, um, and then Walton and Goldson um, in central defence. You know, I think those two could definitely bring the ball out from the back. So. Um, good footballing central defenders um, and then Tierney left back I think Tierney was um, I remember reading something really interesting about Tierney when he was at Colchester and he was you know he was doing really well there and he was getting a, um, a good reputation and then he went to Norwich as well didn't he because he followed Paul they did fantastic yeah he played in the premiership yeah. and then yeah then he said I'm playing the premiership and I remember um, reading and someone said to him um, oh you're actually a really good footballer <laughs> when we were when you were at Shrewsbury um, you got a bit of a reputation for being a long ball merchant and um, <laughs> basically what he said was that if he didn't do that, if he didn't just lump it, he said he would have been dropped by um, Gary Peters. So, yeah, unfortunately... Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me. You no, know, it doesn't surprise anyone at all. But, yeah, it's interesting. And I think Paul Turney was a, um, a, a good player. So, yeah, he's went left back. Um, on the right wing, I've gone for Brown, just for 
just because yeah. he's a because um, he's he's Mickey Brown. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. Central midfield, um, I think it's been an interesting partnership. Um, Dave Edwards and um, Ryan Woods. Oh yeah, that would be good. Yeah, and then I've gone for a player who. Um, I think I don't want to talk about Paul Simpson, but oh, what a waste of space he was. Um, <laughs> and Pew, I think Mark Pew was fantastic. Yeah, um, I think Mark Pugh, and he's obviously still at Bournemouth now, and um, was a, an integral part of their Championship-winning um, team. Got yeah, he's still the Premier League. Still occasionally plays, isn't he? Yeah, he does. So yeah, so Mark Pugh, and then um, up front, I've gone for pace. So I've gone for um, Carl Griffiths and yep. Rogers. Oof, which yeah, I think be... them two running around um, with Pew and Brown, it's a team full of pace um, and bombing on. But I think it'd be a very attacking team. But with Edwards and Woods in midfield, I think that'd be interesting. So that's my team anyway. That's a good team, Molly. What, what? When was the first time you went to the went to the, to the meadow? What was what was your era? I'm just wondering whether any of my players were before you went. Yeah, so my era would have been kind of. Um, how old would I have been? I was just trying to figure it out. Like early nineties. So um, I remember, like the, I was a mascot actually when we had the white um, and blue kit with greenhouse. You know, the white shirt with the blue shorts, greenhouse. Yeah. When John McGinley that was around. So no, right. That's just quite, yeah. So that was that was my period. My dad was a, a cash and carry manager for Booker Cash and Carry, and we moved to Shrewsbury. Um, and my dad um, had a board with like Booker to try and promote them. And um, yeah, so we used to go to in the prawn, prawn sandwich brigade and used to go and sit in there um, <laughs> and then go to loads of games. So we used to get free tickets and then I got to be a mascot. So so that was, um, yeah, so um, 89, 90. So that's when so I you went, you, sort of you were going before time. me then. Yeah, yeah so, I like, so I was like, yeah, I was like six, seven um, when I first started going to Shrewsbury. But obviously being very young, um, obviously you couldn't remember too much. No, but yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because back then, you think of some of the players that played in that in those early years, like the Championship season, for example. And you haven't got other than Mickey Brown, I don't think you've got anyone of any of those in your team, really, have you? Which is quite interesting. No. So it does sometimes you do pick players from that era where you start to think you know more about football rather than the era where you were a kid and you saw them play, but you might not have really understood the game quite as much as you do now. Which is which is quite an interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's where I've almost I had to kind of think what kind of team I want, and I thought a few players' names um, like Sam Aston, um, yeah. people like that, but. Yeah, I went for kind of like the best team I could think of. Um, yeah, you've gone competitive, Ollie. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think that's that's my team anyway. So yeah, it was quite fun yeah. to do that. It's interesting. You you had five. We had five the same. So we both had Moss. We both had Goldson. Both had Mickey Brown. Both had Dave Edwards and both had Luke Rogers. But I think all five of those, you pretty much most Shrewsbury fans who've been going since the early nineties would probably put in all those five positions because there hasn't been many and there's not been many better players in terms of those five positions than those five players. Do you know what I mean? So that's probably fairly consistent yeah. across most people's teams. Obviously, you went for Hart and I went for Edwards. Um, and I went for Langmead instead of you went for yeah Edwards okay. yeah I remember seeing Edwards quite a lot so yeah I remember thinking him and yeah also you went for um, Ashton as well and he was a decent player obviously at the game yeah he, um, I think I, I went for long, longevity and sort of legendary status whereas you yeah, for yeah. those players that maybe went on to do better <laughs> but I think that's a fair it's a fair selection process Ollie and I'm not complaining about it yeah so no no yeah so we'd have to get some other fans so yeah so we'll share those on Twitter and stuff and try and get some other people to share their 11s and yeah hopefully next week we'll get a few responses and um, yeah we'll share some other people's um, 11s I think what we should do Ollie, is we should put a vote up on Blue and Amber and a vote up on Facebook of our two teams and and yeah. th- just do a vote and we'll, we'll report back as to who the winners were and maybe we'll get a few interesting things that people have said about us players we've missed or you know stupid things we've done and that'd be quite a, quite an interesting chat for, for Salop News next week because interestingly our Salop News segment is just drying up week on week isn't it because <laughs> not really not really that much is happening so we'll replace it with this for the next week and then then we might have to come up with a new feature Ollie <laughs> yeah we'll have to think of something new yeah pre-season um, Salad News was pretty busy but yeah it was, was pretty cool. it'll come back 
Cool. Okay, so we'll do that then, okay. and we'll, we'll get a vote going. But um, yeah, other than that, I think we'll probably move on to the predictions now, and then uh, yeah. wrap the podcast up. And here come the home side. The last chance, surely. It is Vernon on the left. There are bodies in the box. It is Scott Vernon driving towards the goal. He's still going. It is in there. They have won it with the last trick of the game. And Shrewsbury score through Grimmer. So, Glynn versus Ollie. The, the competition comp- con- continues and uh, Ollie's still away ahead. Um, last week was a bit of a, a draw week where we both got Shrewsbury to win. Um, I went for 2-1 and Ollie went for 2-0. So, we were both uh, a couple of goals off. I was, I was a bit more off, but you were, you were closer again, Ollie. But we still get one point each. So, the current standings, Glynn 7, Ollie 15. So, as my mum said to me today, Ollie, this was a very disappointing part of my day where she said, I've got to say, Glynn, I've been listening to your podcast, but uh, your predictions are rubbish. I was like, yeah, cheers, mum. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good the kind of so, prep talk that you, so that's the kind of football manager your mum would be she'd be straight to the point and honest tell you what she you wouldn't want her to be a, a, a football manager she'd sort the team out she'd be she'd be like my mad dog martin allen my mum she wouldn't take any messing around i tell you <laughs> so um yeah so there you go i've had a, I've had a pep talk off my mum ollie so my predictions this week need to be better so we're going to predict the oxford oxford uh oxford 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 um league game next weekend aren't we so yeah. I think we're probably going to both go for a bit of a more positive result than recent weeks. So, I don't know. Do you want to go first this week, Ollie? I know sometimes you get a bit uppity about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, go on then. I'm just trying to sneakily trying to get onto their recent results on the internet. <laughs> um, but I know that I did know they won five uh, nil um, away um, at Merstham. Merstham, Merstham. Yeah, I think it's somewhere yeah, in London, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, never heard of them before. I love that all these clubs you never heard of before. Yeah, and they won five nil. Um, and they're not doing too bad, Oxford. Um, they're doing all right in the league. They're, obviously, they came up um, from League Two last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna. Go, I think Shrewsbury going to get a good result again. I'm going to go for a two-one win. Oh, that's interesting. I was just thinking to stick with two-one from last week, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that obviously the weekend's results got everyone's um, encouraged, and we got three goals. But we were playing a League Two team, so we've got to maybe temper our expectations a little bit. So. I'd be quite happy if we still won one nil and and maybe got a first clean sheet in the league for a long time. So I think I'll go I'll go one nil for this week, but um, one nil to Shrewsbury. So we're both going for wins again. So okay. <laughs> hopefully we, hopefully we get that right. But um, yeah, there we go. We'll, there'll be the predictions. But I think as we talk about the predictions, it's probably just worth talking about the football the the games we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So we've obviously got Tuesday night. We've got the Middlesbrough game. Um, which I previously yep. discussed going to. I've had a lot of negative feedback about that, Ollie, and people have said I'd be an absolute <laughs> massive hypocrite. And I've, I've basically been talking. But it'd be quite <laughs> funny, though. No, I know. Funny. I, I wouldn't be able to live it down, unfortunately. My reputation would be in tatters. So I'm not going to that game. And I very okay. much doubt anyone else is, to be perfectly honest with you. There's actually, I should just say this on Tuesday night, because hardly anyone's going to be going, and we always have, have our um, supporters' parliament meetings on the first Tuesday of every month. So if any town fans listen to this before the, the meeting on Tuesday, you're more than welcome to come down to the Prince of Wales. The meeting starts at 7 o'clock and we shall be talking all things Shrewsbury Town and, and taking forward things to the football club so yeah I just thought I'd, I'd put that out there on Tuesday it's probably more interesting than going all the way to Middlesbrough and watching Town play some under 21 team so I don't think we need to talk about that game anymore do we Ollie? No we don't know but actually one <laughs> thing probably worth mentioning is just so um, I've struggled to get to the away supporters I'm sorry the away supporters the supporters parliament things these days because of work and um, not living in Shrewsbury but what I would do if you could do me a favour of um, just there's always a lot of comments from my girlfriend when, um, especially in the winter, when you get to um, this time of the year and it gets a bit cold and the toilets and the lack of toilet seats. So yes, that would be something terrible. Really worth just mentioning. But I think just I would encourage all fans to um, to yeah 
um, maybe we'll put this on Twitter, Glenn, maybe um, just to kind of share feedback with the supporters parliament and they do talk to the club and the club club do take it on board. They, they can't always change everything, but um, yeah. they certainly do listen. And um, yeah, it's the, it's the supporters parliament. Is The more fans that get involved, um, the the better the sports parliament will be and yeah the, the there's some great things so far so obviously the badge um, was part of the supporters parliament um, and obviously the work you were doing as well Glenn, with, with the community and the painting and yeah stuff. so no, and yeah, you saw the photos of that Ollie yeah it did it looks really good it looks it, apparently some of the guys I was speaking to went and had a look at it said it absolutely looks absolutely stunning and and as I say you know I painted a white wall and a lot of us spent a lot of time doing that in the summer but I have to say the community team now that have been in and, and finished it off and actually done the graffiti so in case anyone doesn't know there's now graffiti images of legends of the football club so I think that Mickey Brown's in it and um, Arthur Rowley and, and Tommy Lynch and so they're along the wall in the south stand now as like a the sort of all time Shrewsbury Town team and it just it looks fantastic it really does their names are sort of graffitied underneath and I think they've got some, some local youth talented artists doing it as well so it's brilliant that all of the elements the football club the fan base the community team all came and, and got together and, and have achieved something fantastic for the, for the fans now that's just brightened the whole thing up and given us a sense of history so yeah that all comes about by people coming to the sports park meeting and getting involved so yeah I, I encourage everyone to be there and, and I won't say any more about that because we were supposed to be talking about the matches but I thought yeah. it was just worth mentioning it but um, in terms yeah. of the matches obviously we, we, we just talked about them but then we've got Oxford and we've just been predicting it so yeah it's, it's an interesting game we briefly talked about it about what he does and, and we're going to be missing presumably we're going to be missing Dom Smith because he's maybe going to get a Wales and 21 call up we're definitely we're missing Lutweiler because um, he's off to Canada as today, I think he flew out. Um, I think, think Lutwiler is going to South Korea, so he's going to be bloody knackered when he gets back. Well, um, and then we might be missing McGibbon, probably El Abd, maybe if he gets another call up. Who knows? So it'd be interesting. To, I mean, I don't think El Abd and McGibbon have been called up already, so I think it might be a bit too late for them. I don't know what you think. Yeah, as I saw the England. Um, I don't know how on earth Jack Wiltshire got into the team again. I just thought <laughs> utterly ridiculous. Um, he's only played two games, and he'll probably get injured. Um, um, watching TV um, but yeah I'm not sure if we, um, Egypt's I'm not sure whether um, El Hab's been called up again um, but most of the, the call-ups are happening now aren't they so after the game yeah I, haven't, I I knew that it was this afternoon I've not seen the England squad yet so I, did, I didn't know that but I'm not surprised bloody Southgate yeah, I, don't, I, can't, I can't I can't really get too much behind that Southgate is such a boring appointment but there we go that's that's the big football for you anyway go back to Oxford yeah. so yes um, it'll be interesting to see who's missing and what we do won't it because it, it, again we're still still going to be an important game for us to get a, at least a, a draw or maybe a positive result out of just to keep the momentum going yeah well I, I said um, incorrectly that Oxford were doing alright they were doing alright earlier on in the season um, but actually are on a pretty bad run um, so the last their results are they um, lost um, so they won in the FA Cup um, they lost um, to Millwall they drew with Vale lost to Coventry and they beat Bradford which is a surprise result lost to Wimbledon um, and then yeah they beat Bolton on the 1st of October so their results are a bit up and down so um, mm. yeah I think we've got a chance yeah it's a game we would have you know one of the games we would have pinpointed as the sort of top five games we should be winning this season. You know, the the, rel- the promoted teams at home, we should be looking to win those games if we were going to stay in League One. So, you know, if you can get the positive result and you know put us maybe only two points from the, the relegation zone, then things are you know things are looking massively better. And that mammoth task that we talked about a couple of weeks ago suddenly looks much more achievable to Hurst. So it'd be great. It would be great if we got a result. Really would. And I think yeah, that you know we could start to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Then. Yeah. No. Definitely. I uh, totally agree with that. And yeah, it's um, uh, a win would be fantastic three points yeah like you said clean sheet would be fantastic but yeah three points would be brilliant we'll have however we get it and um yeah let's try and hopefully get a bit of a run going 
Yeah. Unfortunately for the podcast, Ollie, we're going to have to do the same as this week because I have been convinced to work on a Saturday. I should just say I don't work Saturdays. My job is a nine-to-five office job, but I'm doing some like consultation work. And my boss has said to me, if I do one Saturday, I don't have to do any more on the run-up to Christmas, which I thought was a pretty good deal, Ollie. And, but unfortunately, <laughs> but it's next. Not, that's funny because like, like, we don't work Saturdays. So no, says, but <laughs> yeah, this, this consultation thing I'm doing goes on till like Christmas time. So... I could have just missed another game and I've got loads of stuff coming up in the ramps Christmas. I'd rather just get out of the way now. So I took the deal, but unfortunately it means I'm missing the Oxford game. But I should be at um, Fleetwood and Sheffield United. Um, I know they're both away games because I know I'm missing a few games at the moment for the podcast, which is not helpful. So I should be at a couple of the away games you can't make. So again, we're always going to be covering. Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, let's have a look. I'll I'll have a look at my uh, my list. I wouldn't mind going to maybe Sheffield or Fleetwood. Um, Yeah, go to a couple of games. But um, yeah, Mm -hmm. so... um, so I think yeah, let's call um, episode sixteen to a close. We're we'll actually get to a point where we stop talking about the episode number, um, but um, <laughs> yeah. when we get to twenty, we'll just stop. Well, but, um, we'll be back. To, we'll be back to series two, episode one next year, won't we? Should we do it like that? Make yeah. it really confusing for people. <laughs> that seems to be what other podcasts do. But um, yes, there we go. No, let's let's wrap it up. I say I, was, I think it was a real good chat that early, and then it's good for people to understand what was going on at the game and uh, have a look forward. So yeah, good episode, and we shall uh, see everybody next week. Oh!